Well, you may have heard it said that truly good design is actually design you don't notice. Clothes that just seem to fit perfectly, the warm invitation of a room that's beautifully lit, or the ease of comfortable furniture, the natural flow of highly functional architecture. In short, design that makes our lives easier and more pleasurable as well. But some argue that design should also do more than that that design should also contribute to a bigger conversation, one about ideas and art and even challenge our long-held assumptions. One of the branches of this is speculative design. What is that? Dr Vincent Alessi is the curator of a design project that's part of the Melbourne Fringe, which is just getting underway. And it invites Australian designers from all career stages to, and I quote, reimagine our societies, communities, politics and ideals to be catalysts for conversations on alternative visions through the breadth of design practice. Well, let's meet Vincent Alessi and see if we can understand more. Good to have you with us, Vincent. Thank you, Cassie. Great to be online. Firstly, tell me about speculative design, which is at the heart of this exhibition that you're staging as part of the Melbourne Fringe. What is it? Uh, so, in essence, it's a it's a, a form of design that's, um, I suppose, philosophy of design that's been around for over a decade, which is actually not necessarily about making objects, although that is part of it. But it's actually asks us the question of how can we use design to interrogate and to solve problems that we're all facing. So everything from things like um, how we have a better circular economy through to environmental issues. So as it suggests, it is very speculative. It's not necessarily about providing us answers all the time, but it's actually really there to prompt us to think about, okay, well, what might our future look like if we do A, B or C? So what might be an example of speculative design that could demonstrate this to us? Uh, so um, there's some some designers stroke artists who have, for instance, made um, video works where they're projecting and presenting what our societies might look like and how our communities might operate in 100 years' time. So I think we're all familiar with when we were growing up, you know, we were promised jetpacks and all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. um, and, it, and it's that kind of thinking where, as I said, artists and designers might literally just present a video or present a, an AI experience or, or a virtual reality experience where it's actually saying, well, this might be what our future looks like um, in order to confront some of the issues that we currently face. And this is this is how we might live in 50 or 100 years' time. So, um, you know, again, when I reflect on when I was a child, some of the things that, you know, I expected to happen by the age I was 50 – may not have happened. And at the time, they seemed really ridiculous and far-fetched. But a lot of those things have actually um, been have manifested and, and we now live with those things. Like you know, what? We, like what? What's an well, example? Who, who would have thought of we'd be driving around in electric cars or, um, uh, or that we would have um, the internet or that we would have AI that, you know, we could 
type something into a computer and it and it'll um, you know spit something out for us or tell us something we didn't know. So a lot of those things when I was at school were really far fetched. I'm still waiting for the jetpack, but um, but a lot of those things uh, is really what um, is spec you know informs speculative design. It's actually trying to project and imagine what and how we will live uh, in the future. Well, I mean, you're talking about jetpacks, but what about Star Trek? That was the first time we saw doors that just opened and anticipated our desire to walk through them. Now we use them every day. Correct. And um, who ever thought we would have had moving stairs? So um, so all <laughs> those things, I said, if, we, if you go back far enough, they were simply an idea, you know. Um, the helicopter was simply a... A, a drawing and an idea, but it's now reality. Um, so that's, you know, that's really what speculative design is about. Yeah. Leonardo da Vinci drew a prototype for a helicopter, Correct. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So is it then speculative design simply conceptual or is it also in the physical world? Uh, no, it, it, it can be both. So, you know, for instance, in our exhibition, it's predominantly objects and um, but those objects, uh, on the one hand, can be utilitarian, so it could be something that we use. But at the same time, it may be informed conceptually where it's actually asking us questions about the way we make, um, what materials we use to make, um, and also engaging with you know issues such as the, the current um, cost of living and housing crisis. You know, an object can actually begin to ask questions about those bigger issues and prompt us, I said, not necessarily give us answers, but prompt us to think about how we might engage with those problems and what the solutions might be. So in a way, it can be activist. Very much so. Um, and, I, and I think that's, um, you know, all design, I think if you speak to most designers, um, you know, design is, is there for to make our lives more efficient, to make our lives better. You know, design is is meant for the good, for the public good. And so, you know, design as a form of activism is actually also a, a, an idea of the public good, but looking a lot, lot further into the future. I see. I'm starting to understand. In my mind, I have a comparison to another design principle that I think uh, we've come to learn a little bit more about in the last decade or so, and that's that Japanese idea, which is exemplified in the example of the beautiful piece of wood that might have a big knot or a missing part of it, a hole that was a knot, and you fill that with silver or gold or something. So instead of being a flaw, it actually becomes more valuable. I think it's got a name. I'm not sure what it is. It does. And we've actually got, there's an object in the exhibition or three objects, which are light fittings made out of porcelain. Um, and when the porcelain is being made, it's handmade, quite often it cracks. And then those cracks are repaired using that Japanese technique you speak of, um, repaired with gold. And it's actually about celebrating those failures, but also celebrating the fact that this is not something you necessarily have to throw out. It's still precious. And of course, the gold and the silver that repairs it is is. Um, speaks to the idea of preciousness, um, but it is very much about celebrating imperfection 
because that's something we live with every day. So just as that design principle guides our thinking, so does speculative design. I see. I'm, I'm keeping up now. Vincent Alessi is with us. He's the director of the Linden New Art Gallery and he's also part of the Melbourne Fringe's Design Fringe, which is staging an exhibition but also a program about speculative design which invites Australian designers of all career stages to be part of it. And one of the challenges that comes in your title, well, the title of the exhibition, it's called Speculation, Eight Billion Little Utopias. Um, I guess the eight billion refers to the rounded up or down number of humans on the planet right now. That's correct. But what about the little utopias? What are you getting at there or hinting at? Well, suppose what we're what we're suggesting and what we what we've the provocation for the designers was really everybody has their version of utopia, um, and often people will share that vision. But it's it's really celebrating the fact that um, we all have a view of what our perfect world might look like, um, and the way that we effectively achieve that as a community is actually by sharing what each of us think is utopia. And of course, the whole idea of utopia is that you don't ever, it's it's never realised, you don't really reach utopia, but it is that kind of thing in the distance that drives us to make things better. And so um, there's 8 billion people on the planet, give or take a a few, um, and each of us have a very clear view of what we think is the perfect world and the kind of world we want to live in and the kind of world we want to share. So the exhibition is very much acknowledging that there is no one utopia, there is no one uh, way forward, but the way that we get there is actually by sharing what we believe will be a common good. Tell us about something we might actually see in the real world if we go to the exhibition, which is part of the Melbourne Fringe. Um, So there's... uh, uh, many objects that fall into the category of furniture or lighting, but one of I suppose one of my um, my favourites because it it really does engage with a really big issue that we're we're facing, particularly in Australia but around the world, and that is the cost of housing. And it's a work by Paul Charwood, and it's um, the work is called Renter's Couch, and basically what he's done is he's taken a suitcase, um, a wheeled suitcase. Uh, which you can open up and you insert uh, some lovely red cushions. Um, the little handle from the top comes out and that becomes a little um, armrest for your drinks, etc. Um, now, again, it's completely speculative in that it's not something, obviously, that is going to be mass-produced, but it's actually asking us to think about if we continue to go down the path we're going when it comes to things like housing, and, and that's something that is um, in our politics now um, very often, um, is this the kind of life that we lead? Is that we, we will all become transitory and move from someone's couch to someone's couch um, and that our lives would actually exist in a suitcase? So this is a, a really great example of an object that is made that you can look at, that you can actually um, sit on. It's actually been designed that it's robust enough to be sat on. But it's actually not about saying, hey, we can make this and people can buy it. It's actually saying we really need to think about this broader issue because this is potentially the dystopia that we end up with if we don't engage with the bigger issue around housing. Wow. Uh, Tiny houses is one thing. 
but that's the next Living. groom extension. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> bring your own couch, bring your own bed, bed on wheels. Uh, Vincent, I heard there is one entry to the exhibition which also really challenges the theme and that's from Caspian Can. It's called Rethink, Reimagine, Redistribute. Can you describe this artwork? Well, it's the um, the only entry we have where there is no object. Um, so <laughs> um, Caspian has taken our provocation and again is putting forward do we actually need to make and design more objects? Is that actually the best way forward? So in many ways, if you think about it, a chair is a chair. Now we can design endless chairs, we can design endless tables, we can design endless light fittings. But really what she's asking us is, do we actually need to keep making and keep having these kind of um never-ending growth logic to the way we now live our lives and a consumerist logic, or should we just take a step back and say, hey, look, we've got enough things in the world. Let's keep just using what we've got without this constant need for whether it's economic growth, whether it's um, the a, a personal accumulation. Um, are these things actually the right way for us to continue moving forward when we consider issues around climate change and we consider issues around housing, uh, congestion on our roads, all those kind of issues get wrapped up in what Caspian's doing. Um, and at, when you walk into the gallery, all you see is a white plinth. There is actually nothing on the white plinth. It's just an empty space. <laughs> well, that is a challenge and also a very elegant solution to your provocation. Yes, yes. Dr Vincent Alessi, thank you very much for that. And we can get down to the Linden New Art Gallery in Melbourne to see this. You can. It's 26 Ackland Street in St Kilda. Or we can just imagine Caspian Can's artwork. <laughs> you can. And that's, and that's the great thing about her artwork. You don't actually need to come down to visit it, although we obviously encourage that, but you can actually think about the question she's asking and have a discussion around your own coffee or dining table. Or just on the floor, perhaps. Correct. Yeah, good on you. Thank you so much. Great to meet you. Thank you. Thank you, Cassie. Dr Vincent Alessi is the CEO and the Director of the Linden New Art Gallery, and there's also some panel discussions that you might be interested in going to. So check it all out. It's called Design Fringe, and it's part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival, which is now underway. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.